0: rise for their majesties of Royally
1: Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals.
0: Three cheers for his Majesty the
1: King. And we're back with another episode of Royally Obsessed. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. We hope you tuned in last week to our crown recap with Torero. That was so much fun. I'm Roberta. I'm Rachel. I loved last week's episode. It was so fun. It was so nice to go through the whole season with you. Rachel, we have a lot to discuss, and we're in the midst of packing for our big trip to Boston. It's chaos right now, honestly, on my end. I know. I am going to be completely candid that
0: I was up with just, like, excitement until 2 a.m. I'm calling it excitement. Slight organizational jitters, but it's all right. It's all coming together, but we want to get into all of it in this episode The main, main subject for this whole chat, the British are coming and they are coming to Boston. Kate and William are heading
1: to the U.S. They fly tomorrow, right? Wednesday? Yes. Yes. They get in tomorrow. I've seen. And and they're going to be in City Plaza tomorrow. We're maybe going to go by and see them when we get in. It's all happening. It's all happening. All right, we're also talking about the queen's health in her final days, the big state banquet, all those tiaras, and so much more, Roberta. We have a lot to catch up on from last week that we didn't get to talk about, that special episode about the crown. But now we get to dig into it all. But first, as always, our royal refreshment. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail.
0: Clink, clink, clink. (laughs) Cheers.
1: Cheers. I'm so excited to cheers with you in person tomorrow all week not just tomorrow all week <laughs> and a toast to Earthshot and our event honoring it this week we're sipping the pale rosé which is going to be at our event we're so excited to be pouring up that rosé it's delicious it's called the pale because it's so light in color and it's not too sweet which rosé can tend to be it's perfect for this I can't wait. It's also got the most beautiful
0: wine label, which I do have to admit I care about.
1: Great Gatsby (laughs) vibes, for sure. It's just stunning.
0: I think I've Instagrammed it before. It's really beautiful.
1: Oh, there's no shame in that. Rachel, how was your Thanksgiving before we get into everything? Oh, yeah, Thanksgiving. Um, Thanksgiving was really relaxing
0: and just super low-key. I feel like Thanksgiving is such a good holiday because there's no gift pressure, but I did do some Black Friday shopping, I will admit.
1: Ooh. (laughs) anything royals related I guess we can get into it later yeah well I
0: did actually buy I don't know if I told you about this years ago but Matt a long time ago got me a gift card to lingua franca and I finally spent it with the sweater because I couldn't decide what to put as my little um, cursive sort of statement on my sweater and I just finally bit the bullet Roberta and I got one that says royally obsessed yes (laughs) wait are you debuting this this weekend I am not because I just ordered it a couple of days ago. Oh, terrible, oh terrible gosh. timing. But I'm very excited about it. So I cannot wait to see. It's like what five colors? years since I got the gift certificate. I got a lilac color, which is pretty, and then hopefully a blue font. So we'll see. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm we'll gonna see. want a matching one. Yeah. <laughs> so I, know, I know exactly. What I'm asking exactly.
1: For How was your holiday? You were in North Carolina. It was, was beautiful. It was so so nice yeah we had a house on a lake in cashers and the highlands it was so relaxing and so nice to be with family i also wanted to shout out this picture click this link the okay, spencer's thanksgiving so i'm just loving that karen spencer is like oversharing at this point all about their life at althorpe how gorgeous is that table oh my goodness was this a state banquet <laughs> this, right. There was another same acre, and it was the Spencer's House at Althor. Yeah, it's amazing. And so they, she shared it in conjunction with this Spencer 1508 thing that she's been doing. And I'm loving all the updates. I have the emails, I save all of them. They're so good. I also feel like
0: just the candlelit dinner with just a regular candle. Like in Paris, I went to a restaurant and they had that. I just, mm. I love candlelight. It's Who doesn't? So fancy. That's like the An most ele-
1: obvious no, thing to say. <laughs> those, those like s- tall, skinny candles just elevate all the tables all right should we get into our listener email yes please this is actually a dm from Anne. she said i disagree with your crown take that it's a favorable look at charles so many scenes undermine queen elizabeth ii as in charles undermines her in so many scenes do we have any regrets about this hot take so I I hear Anne's
0: point there. I mean, he there are moments, but I still feel like overall, he just comes across as an innovator that wants to shake things up and modernize. Mm-hmm. And you've got the good looks of Dominic West <laughs> that I think it just puts him in a, in a better light, even though he is trying to undermine Queen Elizabeth at different times. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I also feel the same. I think that him kind of going behind her back at some points to talk to John Major about ascending the throne early and you know not being upset about the article that came out it's only because he's trying to modernize the monarchy so it even seems like they justify it in the show versus Mm -hmm. making it seem bad and his i think too like the Prince's Trust episode where there's even a call out to all the work he's done in that, like, dance scene. Like, I just feel like it was such a commercial for Troy. That one in particular. I stand my ground on this, but Anne, I respect your opinion. And, and please send us more hot takes on The Crown. We actually really love to read those
0: and we want to talk about it more. I feel like that episode came and went and I want to talk about The Crown. I could watch it again, honestly, over Christmas break. Me too. All right, Roberta, this week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. How apropos, we're flashing back to Caden Williams' New York City visit on December 7th, 2014, the last time that they were in the United States. Very, very exciting. Uh, that was a three-day tour. They stayed at the Carlisle Hotel, they which was Princess Diana's preferred spot, by the way, and also where we saw Harry and Meghan have a date night when they were here for their UN visit. Um, they went to a black-tie fundraiser for the University of St. Andrews at the Met, which is very glamorous. They visited the 9-11 memorial the top of the Empire State Building, and more. There was also the arm wrap heard around the world (laughs) at the Brooklyn Nets game. LeBron James, how dare he put his arm around Kate Middleton for a photo op and... I watched some recaps on like Good Morning America and things like that. And it was not the protocol breach that everyone made it out to be. I think that everyone was just up in arms and it made headlines the UK and world over. Well, Rachel, you were there. So tell us what it was like in person. (laughs) I know. I was like really looking for photos from when I went, but it's so long ago that they aren't even on my current device. I don't even know if I had an iPhone. I guess I did. Does that feel like eight years ago? It honestly feels like yesterday to me, which is a little staggering that it was that long ago, but it was such an amazing thing. I was so glad that Matt supported me on that and getting the tickets. We were in the nosebleed seats. I've talked about this before. I think we paid $60, but we were again in the nosebleeds. And I remember I could see like Prince William and Kate Middleton's head. They were on our side, but it was mostly viewing the Jumbotron. And I think my main memory is also the fact that they got there closer to halftime and it was like I felt like they really were in a fishbowl. That was just the focus mm. of the whole game. I don't even know how the basketball players played. And then the moment <laughs> when Beyonce and Jay-Z came across the court to meet them, it was just like, <gasps> it was so exciting. But Amazing. I kept saying to Matt I was breathing royal air, which is what's going
1: to happen to us this week. So very exciting. I know, I know. And if there will be another sports moment, because obviously there's a lot of sports in Boston, some huge teams and games this week. So we'll have to see if that – I mean – Kate and sports like it is a perfect marriage so it is it is
0: Well, and I did also want to call out the fact that when she was here the last time she was pregnant with Charlotte she was five months Mm. pregnant I remember she had this beautiful seraphine maternity coat that was stunning it turned me onto that brand she had to have um, an ambulance with her on hand just because of anything and that's news that broke today that they will also have a doctor for the first time traveling with them on this tour to Boston because of their elevated status as the prince and princess of Wales anyway it was just a very exciting time, which leads us, perfect timing, into our chat about their newly released Boston schedule. What we know so far, they're going to Boston City Hall. As you mentioned, they'll meet with Mayor Michelle Wu and Ambassador Caroline Kennedy. They'll head to Somerville to the Greentown Labs. Kate on Friday will have a solo visit to the Center on the Developing Child at Harvard University. And then Prince William is going to tour the JFK Library and Museum. then... Drum roll, can I get a drum roll? Um, Earthshot, which also had a great list of celebs that were confirmed and really lighting Boston a glow with star power. Billie Eilish, Rami Malik, remember the babysitting duty? Yes, yes. Ellie Golding, Catherine O'Hara, Shailene Woodley, and Sir David Attenborough. Although I can't tell if he's gonna be a video appearance or in person.
1: Out of all of these stars, aside from Kane William, obviously, who are you most excited about? Rami and David Attenborough. <laughs> That, I just love picks. this the spectrum. What about you? I I like Shalene Woodley, and I also Me too. I think ba- Billie Eilish is kind of random. But I I mean that's also a huge name. I think that's amazing. They how they pulled out all these names. It's like a music festival in the middle of Boston. And
0: I know it's, <laughs> it's just huge. Like, it's so incredible. huge. And I love that their staffers in all the conversations around this event. They're calling it the Super Bowl moment. Like somehow that's being branded and thrown around. And I think there's also been a lot of press recently about how important and much pressures on this trip to save their royal image and I did like what Tina Brown kind of talked about because it makes you think like is this splashy enough Roberta is what we've what we know what we're expecting going into the week we get to follow up next week after attending um, does this feel exciting and Tina Brown said no 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 we need Bradley Cooper whirling Kate around the ballroom like the John Travolta moment for it to have that same sizzle and temperature turning up the heat what do you think
1: I do think that it is a little – I won't say unfortunate, but it is a little limiting in that they're only going to be in Boston versus maybe going to D.C. while they're here. I mean, if their America trips, royal tours of the U.S. are once every eight years, I would love to see them visit some other cities, come to Philly, get a (laughs) cheesesteak, you know, recreate that Philly Eagles jacket that Diana had that's so memorable. So I would love to have her – Have them, you know, do do a big grand tour of the U.S. That being said, I think this is gonna just be so many incredible big photo moments, and I can't believe that we're gonna be there. Maybe there'll be
0: and yeah, and maybe there'll be a surprise detour because when they were in New York City, William took the train to D.C. to see Obama, and I don't think that was on the schedule. It was a
1: private meetup. Yeah, we got some DMs from our listeners to via Instagram that they have you know heard whispers of what events are coming and some of them are outside of boston that's being said they're not like in dc or new york but it could happen it's not that far i'm taking a one-hour plane so very possible
0: other things i want to mention quickly the sussexes there was a comment made in some of the press you know sources say that kate and william will not be distracted by what others are doing or other activities that are coming up that of course could be interpreted as a reference to harry and Meghan and the fact that they'll be in new york city for the ripple of hope gala on december 6th we also got an amazing wonderful question from um splashing this into this section from a dm from caitlin she said hi any thoughts on where would be the best spot to see the royals in boston hoping to have a laura and moment roberta what do you think
1: i love a laura and moment i feel like it has to be that big city hall gathering on wednesday although it's gonna rain so we're gonna have to bring because that's outside yeah i need to pack an umbrella i just remember that. i'm just like i can pack one for you okay. <laughs> just send me what you forget um, okay perfect um What else? Also outside of MGM and Fenway. So Rachel and I are staying right there. And so we'll be able to hop across. But I feel like that could be a good moment if they shake hands before the Earthshot event. I know also
0: Somerville like that's pretty low key mm. I feel like you know that area I'm curious if you wanted to just see Kate or just see William some of those smaller kind of off the beaten path engagements might
1: be a good opportunity basically everything just yeah you know yeah. keep the schedule I mean, in your calendar <laughs> I do th- I think I saw something like there's so many other events that we don't know about yet that they'll be coming in and out of buildings across the city so I mean, just be on your toes, I guess. I don't know, <laughs> Harvard, you could try to get like somewhere near that center that she's visiting for child development. So I I just think that there's going to be so many opportunities and- And we'll be there for wait. them.
0: Can't wait. I All know. right, last thing is that Earthshot is supposed to air on PBS on December 14th. So if you cannot make it, you will be able to catch it in the US and December 4th in the UK, right? On the BBC.
1: Yeah, and follow along with us. At, I'm at Robbie Frito on Instagram. And Rachel? I'm at RKBNYC. And on and the at Royally
0: Obsessed podcast, of course.
1: So we'll be posting all about our trip to Boston there. Hopefully, some royal sightings as well. All right, next up, first news is this insight into the Queen's health in her final days. A new book from Giles Brandreth called Elizabeth An Intimate Portrait was serialized in the Daily Mail. And the biggest reveal that everyone's talking about is that he says through sources he's heard the queen actually died from myeloma, which is a bone marrow cancer. It's especially prevalent in older people, and it causes bone pain. That could explain her tiredness, the frailty, the mobility issues we heard about in the last few years of her life. There's some other big reveals as well, um, mostly – you know Harry and Meghan she had a very strong love for both of them but she said that Harry might have been moving too fast um Giles also says that the queen thought that Lilibet's nickname was pretty and seems just right which i feel like really shuts down the haters about whether the queen would have approved of that also, this reveal that Prince Philip and the Queen never spent a lot of time together in the last few years, although they were able to in the COVID bubble at Windsor, which was really special for them, and they actually really enjoyed that, but that she wasn't able to make it to his side on his um, for his last dying breath, which is so sad and such a huge reveal. I feel like that we'll get into whether these feel true or not. Um One of the other things was on the bombshells told by the couple to Oprah Winfrey, the Queen was more concerned with Harry's well-being rather than, quote, this television nonsense, she called it. I think that's kind of like a grandmotherly thing to say and feels right that she was more concerned with Harry's mental health than anything. Um, So – The author's royal credentials. I feel like we should talk about this. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. 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 He's been friends with Camilla since he was a teenager, supposedly. He actually hosted a birthday luncheon for her when she turned 75. He was also friends, supposedly, with Prince Philip. And that gave him access to the Queen. He wrote about that in these serialized excerpts for the Daily Mail. But then there was this review in The Guardian, which I found really enlightening. It's about his first book and it's called Philip and Elizabeth, The Portrait of a Marriage. It was published in 2004. This reviewer (laughs) says, this is just kind of a funny quote, the product of a sweatily overheated imagination, the kind of imagination a snob possesses, elated by a dizzy dream of high society and of his own exclusive access to it. It's wishful thinking about his intimacy with the Windsors, which Mm. to me seems like this person is like kind of taking away the credit from him and he is wishful thinking but i don't know i mean he does have this connection with camilla which is really interesting i feel like there could be some truths only because we did see so many headlines about the mobility issues but she was also 96 i mean and then there's the question of do we really even need to know Mm -hmm. yeah very true like omid wrote like you know On The Crown, the Daily Mail is continuously criticizing The Crown for being too true to life, but then they pay to serialize a book about the Queen's private health matters. I mean, should they be kept private? Does she have the right, or as a public figure, does she give that up?
0: Well, I think, again, the hard part is just it's all according to sources, which is the forever Mm -hmm. problem. It's like you have to, as the reader, as the consumer, as the fan of the royal family, do your own research and assessment of what is truth and what is false and I think that that's the challenge it takes us back to the princes in the press which I really want to rewatch that too
1: well and at the end of the day an author tries to sell books right so he's you know anything that garners headlines is good PR for the book and so I think and it sells copies
0: and so regardless you would hope there's a commitment to truth too
1: oh totally and I that's why I'm wondering if there is like do you cross a line with, with the legality of it? I mean, can the palace privately go after someone that is actually writing and publishing things that aren't true? And if they don't, does that make them true then? You know what I'm saying? So I, just, I this guess is it's like the Never Company Never Explains <laughs> sometimes just really, yeah, big questions. I do want to mention though, it's funny because this kind of reminded me of, you know, the crown and the Daily Mail and then this, all these queen's private health matters and the respect for her privacy splashed across that newspaper and then to think you know it's funny that vogue australia you saw the Tyndalls were both yes in it for this special uh issue. beautiful so, clothes
0: i will oh say i gosh. want everything that zara
1: is wearing gorgeous but. and there's like some other royal people in a nacho Figueris, who's yes. friends with prince harry there's a lot of people but also crossover vicky in the crown and so it's like the royals, there's such a gray area with what they. I don't know. That's that's my thesis, I guess, is that this is really such a gray area. I don't know if we should know that what if she had myeloma or not.
0: Yeah, we're also just seeing so many more of these types of interviews too, where it's not necessarily talking about the inside scoop on the royal family, but it is fascinating to see them in the press doing these first person interviews so much,
1: right? Yeah, like the Vogue yeah, Australia. it feels like a lot more since she passed, passed away. away. Yeah.
0: All right, the state banquet. I I'm, I want a lot of sound effects in this episode for some reason. Um I but to, like the, hold up my glass of rosé and cheers yeah. for this. <laughs> cheers, cheers. This was Charles's first state dinner, Roberta. This was huge. I personally loved the Instagram moment where we saw him and Camilla. There was no music. I kept tapping them just checking the setup. Did you see that? On the no. royal family Instagram. They walk in. I saw in. the one where
1: they're making all the food, which I want to talk about. This is I'm when back.
0: we're Kate. And, sorry, this is when we're Camilla and Charles just walk in and they're like, looks good. Like, but it's all, there's no audio. So they're just looking at the setup. Um, But as a reminder, the king hosted Sorrel Ramaphosa, the president of South Africa, last week at Buckingham Palace. This was something that was in the works, by the way, since, from Queen Elizabeth's reign. So she had wanted this this reception to take place, a state banquet, but then COVID happened. So it was- delayed for multiple years, and now it is officially, it happened back on. This means there's about two state banquets a year in normal times, and it is an occasion for tiaras and black tie. White tie, actually. White tie. Yeah. (laughs) So we saw Kate, surprise, she wore the lover's knot tiara, which is really pretty much her go-to. I was looking back, and in the past, she's worn the lotus flower and the Cartier at her wedding, but the lover's knot, which was a treasure of Diana's that was passed along to Kate, originally Queen Elizabeth's mouthful there. Um, And originally before Queen Elizabeth, it belonged to Queen Mary and commissioned by her in 1913. Seems to be a staple for Kate. Would you agree? I
1: was a little – yeah, and I was a little disappointed because I think seeing a new tiara would have been so fun, but I think this is her go-to. It went well with the dress, so it was I guess – stunning. And the dress was Jenny Packham fine. called the Elspeth, um,
0: which means Elizabeth in Scottish, so a beautiful nod to the queen. It was a cape dress. It had those bejeweled shoulders. Um, she also had the Diana earrings, the pearl bracelet that was Queen Elizabeth's. And this really was a big grand entrance to her for her because it was her first tiara occasion as the Princess of Wales. So exceptional to see her. I thought she looked just stunning. Then you had Camilla. Not to only talk about the ladies, but these were the two that stood out for me. Oh, yeah. We can
1: only talk about the ladies. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The Belgian Sapphire Tiara. I feel like a lot of people that we follow on Instagram are like, these choices were not on their bingo cards, but that's what happened. Yeah. Um, This Tiara belonged to Queen Elizabeth. And... Camilla, Go Sustainability, repurposed her blue Bruce Oldfield dress from the British Vogue shoot, which also was a nod to the color of the Commonwealth flag. So, yeah,
1: I think too, just so close to Earthshot, I would have loved to see Kate kind of repeat or rework even a gown. And so that kind of was a little bit of a miss. I don't get me wrong, love Jenny Peckham, love the cape dress, but I do think that she could have really had such a good sustainability message moment there. I
0: know. And I was reading in Vogue about her choice and a lot of people were saying it was a nod to Diana's 1989 moment where it was actually the Elvis dress where she wore the lover's knot and that, remember the one where it's all bejeweled or it has the yeah. pearls on it? Um, so it really felt Diana-esque and it being her first huge like step out as the Princess of Wales, maybe that was why the choice was Yeah, you got for a new gown. Yeah, yeah because totally. Kate has really been kind of paired back. I will say... Above and beyond for me was what Kate wore to the Corinthia Hotel to welcome the South African Same. president. The plum Amelia Wickstead dress with the matching Sean G. Barrett pillbox hat mm-hmm. and then Williams matching tie was like stunning. Okay. Yes, yeah. you did it.
1: <laughs> yeah. The makeup too for that day, I guess maybe they had like, I don't know if they had just Thought they could ride that out into the night. Probably not. She probably got it all redone. But her makeup and hair for this moment, too. Like, those images are so striking of Kate. And yet it feels very formulaic to who she is, like, as a dresser. Like, that is her uniform. That is her Rainbow Queen moment. Yes.
0: Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Um, But yeah, I thought it was interesting, the seating chart. Charles and Kate were on either side of the South African president, and Camilla and William were on the South African foreign minister. So I I thought it was interesting how they divided and conquered for that setup.
1: And I liked that Kate really, it seemed like, got along so well with the president because they were chatting in the beginning of Charles' speech. And I was like, okay, they're having too good of a conversation to stop. We've all been there. But Kate really seemed to hit it off, and they- you know, I mean, it must be such a a joy to be seated next to her, I feel like. So the menu, though, Rachel, I want to talk about this. Tell me if this is anything you've ever heard of. A starter of grilled brill with wild mushrooms and truffles with a Sorrel sauce. I definitely don't know what brill or Sorrel is. Do you? I think Sorrel is a type of mushroom. Okay. So it's mushrooms on mushrooms on mushrooms. Cool. (laughs) So entree, the main course was a Windsor pheasant filled with artichokes, quince compote, and a port sauce. This is fancy. And also they are obviously so conscious about what they're eating and especially for the state banquet. I feel like they have a French chef. The menus are in French. It's all very fancy but I don't know pheasant. Would you? I would be. I think I'd be too nervous to eat if we were even there. But I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. Uh, I guess this is sustainable because it's from Windsor, so that makes sense that they used Windsor pheasant. But it was just interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, I thought it was crazy that apparently there were a thousand glasses, wine glasses used. They get oh six six glasses per person at, at every place setting. Wow. Imagine that dishwasher afterward. (laughs) Hopefully an actual dishwasher versus a person. Um, okay. And finally on this front, Roberta quick King Charles report card. Um, think the big elephant in the room was the jewels, and people thought that, or there's a lot of conversation that this is an opportunity for Charles to start talking about reparations. He's still, the, the palace, the monarchy is still in possession of the Great Star of Africa, which is 500 carats, and it was it's the largest diamond in the world, and it was mined in South Africa in 1905 and is now branded on the royal website as a birthday gift that was given to Queen Elizabeth II's great-grandfather. It's just a question of if Charles will have to answer for this, and he did you know mentioned that there are elements of history that provoke profound sorrow it's essential that we seek to understand them that was part of his speech and that's further than it's gone before at an event like this but it still really isn't enough and even in the time south africa 83% of readers in a poll that was published after the state visit said that they wanted their president to come back with the stolen gems
1: wow yeah. You have to imagine that behind closed doors there's got to be talks about this too. And, but I do think like Charles, and I think rightly so, got a lot of props in the press for mentioning this in his speech and really going into it. He also mentioned climate change and how they needed to protect biodiversity. I feel like he's making progress. We know it's such a slow wheel of progress for the royals, but he is talking about it which is a good first step.
0: Yeah, I think that what there was a piece about Charles in the Atlantic this week and it talks yes. about really though how King Charles his legacy may come down to writing the wrongs of the past and how he handles that. So it is a slow burn to figure this out mm-hmm. and he potentially is the right leader to do that. We just have to wait and see final, final, not related to the state banquet. I, this happened today, this quick shout out to Queen Camilla Roberta, that she hosted a reception for royal women around the world today to discuss the global pandemic of violence against women. Queen Rainia was there. Elena Zelenska was there. Queen Mathilde of Belgium was there. Sophie Countess of Wessex was there. I just love that Camilla, this is her first speech in this role. And It's a controversial cause. You could call it that, you know, it's it's not something that's like architecture or something, you know, the arts. It's very intense. And I I really am impressed that she she's worked really hard to put it in the spotlight.
1: I found it so striking too that photo of all three queens, I guess, Crown Princess Mary is not queen, but just to see Camilla there in her rightful place and then kind of to see so much of the backlash on Instagram and. Like just a, a peek inside to what they experience with threats and trolls and all the, these really rude and nasty comments about her appearance and I don't know in 2022 can we not be a little bit more considerate about women's appearances? Like I just mm-hmm. felt like that was so backward and so I ugh, just it just made me my stomach hurt to think um, I don't know we've we've come so far with Camilla I mean you and I are still like. <laughs> No, I, I feel like I'm moving forward with her. Yeah, and I, I think that's the best we can hope for. Like we can't go back and change what happened in the past, but we can move forward and we love the royals and she is now doing Queen, Queen good work. Camilla and she's doing good work and she's always really been by Charles's side and so supportive and – I think that this reception was an incredible way for her to start, you know, her speech making and hopefully see more of that and more of this work as well. I, I also loved, we didn't even get to talk about the Paddington Bear thing and the oh taxi. Oh my gosh. That was such a fun thing too. There's so much
0: to talk about. We, so much was on the cutting room floor. I feel like really stressed about that, but we just, so much moving forward towards Earthshot. Shot, so.
1: But such a, f- like a fun cause for her to take up and something that is obviously a PR move and obviously polishing her image for all the but public. so Creative and but genius. really heartwarming, really hard. I can't. It also lot of like this. no. Go <laughs> ahead. There was a video of her like interacting with a child, but like really kind of forced or stiff. And I just feel so bad because that's obviously just one little moment in the context of this wonderful event and donation that she did. But it just got circulated on social media, of course, as all things do. And you have to have. I I think we have to give them so much grace for how how they deal with this on a daily basis i don't even want to be filmed recording this podcast because i don't want to put makeup on you know so it's like <laughs> those things where they like they have everything about them dissected so much and i think to give them like a little bit of I don't grace know, yeah a little bit of room to mess up make mistakes and also move forward Yes, yes. I will say I want to, I would love
0: to meet the person that took the photos of Paddington all over the place still. That was so brilliant too.
1: (laughs) Or the cab drivers. What a fun, like, what a fun job. I mean, can you imagine getting a call as a cab driver and then it's like, hello, I'm Queen Gamilla. I know. I kind of want to get Finn a Paddington ornament for Christmas. Would that be fun? Or
0: I just want someone to give it to me, a Paddington ornament. It's so cute, right? Done. No, I didn't
1: didn't mean it. Fine.
0: All right, should we go to the highs and lows? Let's do it. It's time for the royal highs and lows.
1: All right, my low this week is this news. We're not sure if it's true or not, but the Duchess of Edinburgh title would be given to Charlotte. I should say the Duke of Edinburgh title would be given to Charlotte as Duchess of Edinburgh. The Mail on Sunday has the rumor that it is going to her instead of her great-uncle Edward because of this slimmed-down monarchy that Charles wants and... It would also honor the queen's legacy, which is what the palace sources are saying, that if Charlotte was the Duchess of Edinburgh, then that's what the queen was when when Philip became Duke of Edinburgh before their wedding. So I guess my question, I feel really bad for Edward is the bottom line. That's why this is my low. Like, I just think that he deserves it. He's put in the work. Sophie, too. Why is Charles taking it away from his brother?
0: I know. It's kind of confusing.
1: I think that Charlotte could be Princess Royal or she... But this does elevate Charlotte's status if George doesn't have kids and Charlotte would then become queen. So that's an interesting concept. Yeah. Yeah. But poor Edward. Oof. Poor Edward. I hope he gets it. I hope this is wrong. Yeah. All right. My
0: low is, hear me out on this, but Kate's Telegraph essay about the under fives. I absolutely love Kate. You guys know this. I was excited to see that she had penned an op-ed for about this in the Telegraph, but I just felt frustrated as a reader that there still wasn't any call to action. You know, even one of these quotes I was going to read, we have to fully appreciate those most preventative years and do everything we can to nurture our children and those who care for them, just stops there. And I think because as a mom, I'm just so hungry for insight. And I know Kate has so many, so much wisdom in this arena. She is reportedly just a sponge at events, reads all the data, really, really cares. I want her to tell me how to parent. And maybe that's too much to ask because no one should tell you how to parent. I do know that. But I think I would love to hear a couple of her takeaways for how I can be really maximizing these these
1: first five years. I do think too. In, in Yeah, no, the monologues in this episode are killing yes. it. I do feel like we just did a, an actress thing. Um, I do feel, though, like this is interesting because it's the two-year anniversary of Megan's essay in the New York Times, The Losses right. We Share, and how specific that was and how... A lot of things that she revealed about her own personal struggles. I wish Kate would have done that here. That's all. That's just all. Just a little say. bit more of an intimate and specifics.
0: Even going back to when Kate did that podcast, I just loved the specificity. And so hopefully we'll see a lot more of this. I get the sense that this is just a jumping off point. There's more to come, but you know, wanted more.
1: Okay. Rachel, I had too many highs. I was going to do Christmas decorations for the Royals, I was going to do archetypes because we saw the final episode, incredible, but I think my high is this news I missed while I was out all week last week, which is that the Sussexes Netflix docu series drops December eighth. That's next Thursday. We're going to be seeing their docu series on Netflix next Thursday. They're also in New York for that gala that you mentioned on Tuesday. I wonder if they'll be doing any press in New York for this docu series. I'm really oh my interested. Gosh. Jimmy Fallon. What happened to Jimmy Fallon? That <laughs> was weird. We didn't we even said get to we were going to talk, gonna about, talk that. about
0: that. I know. <laughs> I was going to tack on though really quick to your high. Did you see the de moi? Are we allowed to talk about de moi on here? The two, the blind uh, entry about duh, moi. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I love you. Um, there was a blind item over Thanksgiving, in case anyone missed it, that the significant other of this famous ginger is going to be on social media soon. So
1: I wonder oh, if that will coincide.
0: God. There's been a <laughs> lot of rumblings,
1: it. but I, one of her episodes recently, her second to last one said they talked about the benefits of social media. And I was like, what? Megan, what? This is what, out of nowhere. What? what?
0: All right. So, exciting. Yep. Okay. My high of the week is Earthshot, of course, but <laughs> going way out of left field, there is a <laughs> there is a Prince Andrew musical that is about to come to fruition on Channel 4. It is the 40th anniversary of the station. You got to listen to this, Roberta. It's one hour in length. There's going to be seven musical numbers about the controversies from Andrew's life. It includes <sighs> solos sung by the character of Charles. It's going to talk about... The songs will be about his divorce from Fergie, his Newsnight interview. It's the writer who is also going to be playing Andrew. Kieran Hodgson said, The story of Prince Andrew is tragedy and farce rolled into one, so why not add musical for good measure? Lol.
1: (laughs) The shame, the shame. One of our listeners actually DM'd this to us and – I could not believe it when I saw this headline in Variety. So that will be something to tune into must if you're watch. in the UK. Yeah. Oh my God. We need it's a little just... comedy. Come on. Round up the year. I guess. Can we laugh
0: about this? Yes,
1: it's is it a Oh, I don't we can know. definitely laugh about it, but I <laughs> <And> cry. No. <laughs> Charles, like what like what is he going to do with all this scandal with his brother? I don't know. All right. Just a reminder before we close leave us a royal rating, pretty please. We love reading your reviews, especially five stars. We would love that. Also, subscribe so you never miss an episode and follow us in Boston, our travels Woo! and our royal sightseeing on Instagram, royally obsessed podcast. Email us if you have any more crown hot takes or you think that we were wrong about something in the season we want to know info at gallerypodcasts.com till next week
0: god God save save the the pod
1: her majesties of royally obsessed have retired for this
0: episode god save the pod and if you fancy the podcast give royally obsessed the royal rating of five stars on apple podcasts follow us on instagram at royally obsessed podcast and
1: join our facebook group royally obsessed Royally Obsessed is a Gallery Podcast production.